Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we were baptized, God has said to each one of us, I am your God and you are my child. That's the essence of the covenant that God has made with us, his people. And then in the Apostles' Creed, we confess what God has promised, namely that He, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will be our God. Now, our faith is very relevant for our daily life. Because what you believe will come out in how you now live. Faith drives actions. In fact, faith must come out in how we live. That's how you show your faith. That's how you show that what you believe, you really do believe. When you let it influence how you now live in the service of the Lord. And this afternoon, we're going to pay attention to the first article of the Apostles' Creed. God, the Father, the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth, has said to each one of us, I will be your God and Father. And so our theme and points this afternoon, God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, has promised himself to us as our God and Father. And then in keeping with the two sides of the covenant, we'll see first of all what our covenant God promises us, and secondly, what our covenant God requires of us. So our theme, God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, has promised himself to us as our God and Father. And what our covenant God promises us and what he requires of us. So first of all, we pay attention to what our covenant God promises us. God is the almighty creator of heaven and earth. You learn that already on the first page of our Bibles. You think of how the Bible begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right away, at the beginning of our Bibles, we are confronted with the awesome might and majesty of the creator. Before all things, he was already existing. And then he spoke those amazing, powerful words by which heaven and earth and all that is in them were created. Let there be light, he said, and there was light. Let there be dry land, and dry land appeared in the midst of the waters. Let the earth bring forth all kinds of plants and animals, and it happened. God's word is so powerful that what he says happens. He speaks. Things that did not exist come into existence. That's the almighty power of the God who has said to us in the covenant, I will be your God. What amazing comfort that gives us, beloved. 
to have such an almighty God on our side. Our God is nothing like the idols of the nations, things devised by the heart of man, gods which are unable to give any real help. But our God is the mighty creator and ruler of all things. Nothing we need is impossible for our God. No matter how difficult our circumstances, and we all know they can be very difficult sometimes, no matter how difficult our circumstances, God is able to provide us with all we need to serve Him. God has also revealed to us the purpose of creation. He created all things for His praise and glory. Think of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. Or Psalm 148, that psalm we hope to sing after the sermon. It calls for the whole creation to bring praise to God. Psalm 148, I'll read some verses from that with you. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling His word. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle. And it concludes, let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. There you have it, congregation. The God who made His covenant with us. The God who has revealed Himself as the mighty Creator. He has also revealed the purpose of this creation that's to bring praise and glory to Himself. And that means congregation at the deepest level. You really boil things down. There is purpose. There is meaning in this world. The world in which we live and work and raise our families. All things have been created for the glory of God. And that shows you how you are different from the world around you. Many in our society believe in evolution. They believe that this world, this universe, came into being through a big bang and has been evolving ever since. But in that way of thinking, there is no more purpose in creation. It just happened to be by chance. It could equally well have not happened to be. At the end of the day, there is no more purpose in this universe if you believe in evolution. And that casts a huge shadow of meaninglessness over life. What's the sense of it all really? A meaninglessness that comes out in popular entertainment and music. In much art too. Life does not make sense. It has no purpose. Live for the moment. Do what you want. Nothing has any ultimate meaning anyway. 
What kind of meaning in life is being promoted in your entertainment? In the music you listen to, beloved. There's a rich privilege in God revealing to us that He created the world and that He created it for His glory. God has revealed to us that there is purpose and meaning in this world. Mankind too has the calling to praise God. And God has also revealed the way in which we are to bring praise and glory to His name. In Genesis chapter 1, Adam and Eve were given the command to fill the earth, have children and grandchildren, have dominion over all living things. They were placed in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. It's what we know as the cultural mandate. Man has the task of developing this world, of digging in the ground to find out all the things it contains of developing those things in a useful way, of working in the garden to develop horticulture and agriculture, developing technology and social structures and so much more. And he is to do all that caring and developing and investigating and inventing to the praise, the glory of God. That's the purpose which God created man in this world. And God put all things under man's feet so that man would be able to fulfill his task of developing and caring for this world to the glory of God. As we confess in the Belgian Confession, Article 12, God has given to every creature its being, shape and form and to each its specific task and function to serve its creator. We believe that God also continues to sustain and govern them, that is all creatures, according to his eternal providence and by his infinite power in order to serve man to the end that man may serve his God. Man has been set over all creatures so that he may rule them to the glory and praise of God. Now this task and calling was not removed through the fall into sin. We continue as mankind to have that calling to rule this world, to develop it wherever we have been placed. Some of us do that by building, working with materials, manufacturing things. Others do that by providing services. Or others by studying and investigating the creation with all its potentialities. For some, that, that task of living, working in this world to the glory of God, for some that task is found in the home, in the kitchen, providing for the needs of a family, assisting a husband in his task. There's also the work we do in our artwork, a developing of our musical skills, the work we do in many a hobby. We are busy with caring for and developing the world that our God has created, the world that our God created for a purpose to give glory and praise to Him. It's important that we see this point. Ultimately, it means our lives make sense. Not just the existence of this universe, but also our lives and our place in this universe 
have meaning and purpose. That's the amazing result. When God says to you, I, God, the Almighty Creator, will be your God. For He has not revealed Himself to all people. For different reasons, many do not know about God the Father Almighty. Some do not know Him because they are growing up in a place and culture which the Gospel has not yet reached. Others do not know Him because they grow up in homes which have rejected the Gospel. Their parents and their grandparents before them have not been passing along this glorious revelation of God about Himself. And when you do not know this God as He has revealed Himself, the Almighty Creator, then life does not make sense. We've already spoken about the meaninglessness of the evolutionary worldview. This universe is here by chance. Under that system, man's place in the universe has so little meaning too. What's the purpose of his existence? A tiny speck on a piece of dirt circling a star amongst millions and billions of stars. What's the purpose of it all? Why should one live and work and raise a family? There's no ultimate purpose. It's true. Most unbelieving people still do live and work and have families, busy themselves with developing the world. But why? For some, it's a matter of survival instinct. You need money to stay alive pay the bills for food and housing, electricity and so much more. So you must work. Sometimes it's greed that becomes the driving force. Life has many comforts to offer and the more money you have, the more you can enjoy of them. But what it comes down to is that people find purpose to life in themselves in serving their desires and lusts. And even when they altruistically look out for the needs of the neighbor, it will often come down to making themselves feel good about what they are doing, make them feel that they are helping to preserve the human species through the charity they do. Point is, life loses its glorious perspective when people do not know and confess God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And we confess more about God than that He is the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. We also confess that He is our Father. As the Catechism summarizes it, the Eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Almighty Creator, is for the sake of Christ, His Son, my God and my Father. And there is a humbling reminder in those words, beloved, the awesome, almighty, creator God is my Father only for Christ's sake. That reminds us of our terrible disruption of this created order. In the beginning, when God first created the world, then things were good. Then Adam and Eve's life was full of glorious perspective. They were children of God who their God who walked with them and communed with them. 
They had a wonderful relationship with God, but, but they threw this relationship away. Man made himself an enemy of this almighty God. In fact, man polluted the whole of this creation. By his sin, he brought a curse on creation. The nature of man became thoroughly corrupted. People rejected God and continued to rebel against Him. They became idolaters. They worshipped the creatures they found in creation. The forces of nature. Or gold and silver gods. Or the human mind, reason. Or wealth. Or technology. Or progress. Or passion. These are the things that man made into gods. The things of creation. And so life in this world lost its glorious meaning. Men became slaves of sin. Their lives were filled with service of the evil one. Life became empty and vain and meaningless. Meaninglessness that finds its final end in hell. And that is why it's so wonderful and comforting that God has revealed himself to us as our Father for Christ's sake. For God in mercy did not abandon this creation when man polluted it. Instead, God sent His Son to restore all things. The Son was appointed heir of all things. And by dying on the cross, on the cross under God's curse, He restores us as children of God. The Spirit whom He poured out is the Spirit of adoption by whom we call God Father. And so we congregation have become fellow heirs with Christ. For Christ's sake, the almighty creator of heaven and earth is our Father. That's the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He does not only save souls, but He restores life. Our life is not under the curse, vain and meaningless, but is restored through Christ. Christ restores marriage and family life, and work, and science, and art. Once more, we are able to live and work in this world with lives full of purpose and meaning. That almighty God is our Father. That truth gives us wonderful comfort as we do our task in this world. Catechism speaks, we confess here about God providing us with all things we need for body and soul. And what are our needs? If you ask five people what they need, you'd probably get five different answers. But we can be more objective than that. God has revealed to us that He created the world and man in it for His glory and praise. Through Christ, He has restored us in this creation. That means we have a task to do. And our needs are what we need to fulfill that task. Be it food, clothing, shelter, transport, wisdom, patience, love, humility. Whatever we need to do the task we've been given in creation, we can trust that our faithful God and Father will give us that. That's how He promises Himself to you. Mighty God, fully able to give you all you need. 
faithful Father for Christ's sake, who delights to give you all you need. See the glorious promises of the gospel that are summarized in this first article of the Apostles' Creed. God promises himself to us as the almighty creator God and our Father for Christ's sake. Life has meaning and purpose. And we can be confident that we will receive what we need to carry out our tasks in this world to God's glory. That is what our God has promised us. And God's promises in the covenant always come side by side with his demands. And that brings us to the second point in which we will consider what our covenant God now requires of us. When God makes promises to us, the first and foremost requirement, congregation, is that we believe what God says to us. That's really the essence of the demand of the covenant. When God says to you, I, the almighty creator of heaven and earth, am your God and Father for Christ's sake, then it's for us to believe what God says to us. And that's exactly what we do with the first article of the Apostles' Creed. As we sang that together earlier in this worship service, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. That's what we all sang together. To say that you believe in God the Father means that you believe that He is your God and Father as He promises Himself to you. And God's covenant promises have to be worked with. The Almighty Creator of heaven and earth has promised to us that He is our God and Father. As we saw in the first point, this gives life perspective. We know about God's creation. We know about the purpose of life and our task in that. Our lives make sense. And then we need to consciously work with this knowledge. We need to think about these things. For then, daily work becomes a glorious and fulfilling and God-glorifying thing. For example, then our work as a mother, a wife and mother in the home, becomes a meaningful and purpose-filled task. For then that work will be done for God's honor and glory. It will be done for the benefit of husband and family. We will see that work in the context of the command to have dominion. Watching over the family. Providing for their needs. We will see that work in the context of helping our husband have dominion over and develop creation. We will see that work in the context of instructing any children the Lord gives about how they are to live in their heavenly Father's world. That's how you see your task as a, a mother in the home when you believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. 
But if we don't put our work, also our housework, in the context of our confession about God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, then we will fail to see the glorious perspective of our lives. And daily work will become a drudgery, repetitious. Then we will see it as work that must be done, but only as much as we really have to, and as soon as we can, we will get back to enjoying ourselves. Think about this. Are you more eager to check your Facebook account or to do the jobs that need doing around the house? People easily become addicted to things like Facebook, in part to escape the drudgery of life that they consider meaningless. But for the Christian, life is not meaningless. And technology must never rule us but we must rule over it. We've been created to rule God's creation to His glory, not to become addicted to idols. All our daily work, whether in the home, on the job site or factory, in the classroom or in the office, needs to be put in the context of our confession. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, for then our work makes sense. Then there is purpose in it. Then we will not work for the weekend. We will not work simply as a means to an end to get money to pay the bills and pamper ourselves. Instead, we will see our daily work as having a glorious context. We work in a universe that has been created for a purpose. And we do our daily work to fulfill our God-given task. It also means we must study God's Word to see how our particular job fits into the universe and the task that God has given man in it. What a teacher does is different from what a boat builder does is different from what a doctor or a laborer does. Each does his daily task, confessing that he believes in God the Father Almighty. Each has his specific task and he must put that task in the context of the calling that God has given man to tend and keep the garden, to have dominion over the earth, to subdue it, develop it. When we do that, then our work has meaning. Our lives have meaning. We understand what we are doing here. That congregation is how you live a purpose-filled life. But when we don't go to God's Word to put our work into perspective, we are in danger of losing sight of the meaning of life. That's the terrible judgment that falls over our society that rejects God. Then daily work often becomes part of the rat race necessary evil. That's why people find so many different ways to escape what is essentially a meaningless existence. Drugs are a good way of escape or an endless pursuit of pleasure and entertainment, partying the weekends away, fanatical following of sports, 
These are the things in which people find meaning for their lives. But they are not really meaningful, just forms of escape from reality. The reality that their daily life becomes without God, meaningless. God promises himself to us. I, God the Father Almighty, am your God and Father. Let us show in our attitude about life and work that we believe this. Brothers and sisters, our attitude towards life can never be, I don't care. But always, I do care. Life makes sense. Let that come out in the way we talk about our daily work. Not a drudgery, a rat race, but part of our calling to serve the Lord in the universe he created. Young people, be guided by what you confess in Lord's Day 9. Put the talents and the skills that you have been given by the Lord into the perspective of the fact that God created a universe full of purpose and meaning. Ask yourselves, how can I busy myself with the commands of Genesis 1 and 2 to subdue and have dominion over the earth, to develop this world, to look after it? How can I busy myself with those commands in the employment I am pursuing? This confession is relevant also to getting married and having a family. We do that in the midst of a purpose-filled universe in which God has given us a task. Getting married can never be something that finds its end and purpose in us just for fun, but must ultimately be put in the context of fulfilling our God-given task in this world. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. These are just some the things we need to think about as we respond in faith to God's glorious promise that He, the Almighty Creator, is our God and Father. So let's get very personal. What are you working for? What's your goal in life? What are you living for? What gets you out of bed in the morning? The bills? The work that has to get done for no one else will do it? Or the pursuit of material things? The pursuit of success? Human glory? Is that why you're busy? Is that what gives your life focus? Or do you get out of bed in the morning because you believe that God is the almighty creator of heaven and earth who's given you a task in his creation? And we also need to respond in faith to God's promise to provide us with all we need for our tasks. We must seek all we need from his fatherly hand. When we pray to our Father in heaven and ask him for the things we need for body and soul, as the Lord Jesus instructed us, when we do that, then we show that we believe what we confess in this article of the Apostles' Creed about the Almighty Creator who is also Father. Do you do that, congregation? 
in the midst of the struggles and difficulties of life? Do you seek all you need from your heavenly Father? Do you really believe that He loves you? That He wants to give you all you need to do your task in His service? Do you really believe that He's able to give you in your circumstances all you need? Because He is mighty God. That's how He has promised Himself to you as God the Father Almighty. He wants you to live contented lives full of thankful joy, no matter your circumstances. That's why he has promised you all you need. God the Father, Almighty Creator, has promised us that he will be our God and Father. And that promised congregation gives our lives such rich perspective. God reveals himself and his creation to us and so teaches us, his covenant children, what life is all about. And then he also reveals himself as our loving father for Christ's sake. And so we can trust that he is both willing and able to give us all we need to fulfill our tasks in that wonderful universe he created. God's promises are so rich. And it's for us to work with the promises of God in our daily life. Also, as we go back to our daily tasks tomorrow, when we do, then our lives and family situation and daily work all make sense. More we see all these things in a glorious perspective, we also clearly see our task. Our lives are filled with purpose. We are not enslaved in a meaningless universe with a purposeless existence. We see the big picture and rejoice. And so we go forward with confidence and peace and joy, trusting that we will receive all we need for the task we have been given and looking forward to the day when our Lord Jesus Christ will complete the restoration of creation. Amen.